out. It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Well, the minor round, yes, I called it the minor round, is over as we look ahead to the finals for season 2020. One of us is hanging up their boots, but the other two play on. Hello, Tess Armstrong. Hello, Dan. Uh, Liam, I'm sorry about your Hawks, but you also jumped up a spot on the ladder, which was a real bummer for you. But <laughs> I was furious when we got out to that lead and saw that on the live ladder we'd lost uh, move one uh, back in the order on the draft picks. But uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. Danny McGinley, are you relieved? Yes, it was uh, it was a bit tense in my house uh, last night. Uh, took a while for me to finally acknowledge that uh, Frio weren't going to come back. I felt very filled with Tess Armstrong style posimism, uh, and yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's exciting. We're in the finals, yeah, yeah, and you should be excited about that too. Uh, well, let's let's deal with Hawthorne now, since great. since I'm excited about what a great game it was, what a great day. It ticked so many boxes for me. Adelaide Oval, I love the place. Uh, in fact, I a chapter of my book, The Shirt Went On Itself, is called A Love Affair with an Oval about my love of Adelaide Oval. Uh, oh, wow. How, how could you get a copy of that book? Is there is there a way that involves this podcast that people could get a copy of that book? If you become a Patreon member, you will get a copy of the book as part At of the that. the $20 level. Um, There's a few of you yet to get your books, but uh, we will organise that once lockdown's over. Exactly. We will indeed. Uh, so it was at Adelaide Oval. Uh, we won the game. We won easily. It's probably the best we played all year. Uh, some young kids played really, really well. And... Poppy kicked three goals. Mm. It's more goals than he's kicked in a game since I think 2016. And Ben Stratton kicked the second goal of his career, the first goal, round 19, 2010. Um, it was just so great. And it reminded me that football can be fun. Just watching the Hawk boys, they were just having fun. They enjoyed it. And when Strats kicked that goal... That is one of the greatest reactions to a goal from a bloke who was 15 metres out directly in front. It's one of the greatest reactions to a goal ever. And also, Clarko was having a ball. He was smiling. He yes. was celebrating everything when he sent Stratton full forward. I was like, hey, they're all having a ball. And it has been a really long year. And you do think just how lucky we are that teams even remotely agreed to play and did, and we were lucky. And then we got fun stuff like that, which is a great way to send off two of your greats. Indeed. And they were, I found out yesterday that in South Australia they've been referred to as the Barossa Valley Hawks <laughs> because they've been based in the Barossa Valley for much of uh, this footy season. Uh, so the locals have adopted them as their own. Limo, was uh, Stratton's goal, was that uh, sort of tarnished by the fact that, uh, his, that his mark shouldn't have been paid? It was never 15. <laughs> it, was about, it was about three metres. clearly had a sense of occasion uh, and let it play out. Yeah, no, I reckon nine times out of ten that would have been called uh, less than 15. Play on. 
for the umpire. He's, that's that's good umpiring, in my opinion. Yeah, was right it? Right there. And let's not forget the fact that Jack Gunston was was lining up for his 400th goal, his 400th <laughs> AFL goal, and he gave it away uh, to Jack Gun uh, to um, uh, Ben Stratton for his second AFL goal. That's very good. <laughs> and it, I mean, it'll be sad when Jack Gunston gets delisted, but uh, <laughs> it's oh mate, if you'd watched. About five or more of our games this year. The one thing you'll know for sure, Jack Gunston ain't getting delisted, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is clearly in our best two or three players. Hang on for dear life. Do not let him go. Um, no. Now, I thought that, that actually gave me a lot. Not that I've had any bad thoughts about Jack Gunston. I've just had zero thoughts about Jack Gunston for a very long time. And then I was like, oh, Jack Gunston, I really like you. That like boosted him in my footy wholesome books dramatically. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, the Hawks are actually in my good books as well, uh, um, Tess. Um, our mate Limo actually organised a bunch of Hawk players to send uh, my other mate uh, Anthony, who is a massive Hawks fan. He's had a rough year because he's a he works uh, he's a, he works in childcare and he's had to uh, you know take in all of the essential workers' kids and he's been petrified of uh, contracting COVID, so he's had a rough time. and And Limo organised a bunch of Hawks to send him birthday messages, which was. Oh. Really lovely, um, but uh, Limo, if I could just take umbrage with one. Um, yeah. Why did you get Gary? That one that Gary Ablett Senior recorded was really off topic and <laughs> rambly. Yeah, <laughs> it went for about half an hour. I know. Just... Yeah, a lot of stuff about the second coming. Maybe he was giving him Jesus as a present. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, Thanks for organising that, Lean. Of course, played a couple of seasons at Hawthorne, wore number 61 in his first year, number 35 in his second year. Uh, And yeah, I don't know. I don't know when he took the left turn that he took, Gary Ablett Senior, but he's definitely taken a left turn at some point. Um, But it was, but shout outs to Sean Burgoyne, Liam Shields, Luke Bruce, and Isaac Smith, who gave birthday messages. Uh, to your buddy Anthony there, Danny. Yeah, yeah. Good, good on you, Hawks. And I'm glad you got the karma of uh, of losing a top draft pick. <laughs> oh, I know that's the one thing. Two things were going around the Hawthorne WhatsApp groups yesterday. One was we've now got the fourth draft pick and not the third, and the other one was surely he moves Ben Stratton forward at some point. <laughs> uh, and uh, and it did happen, thank God. Do you remember 12 years ago, though? What, what, ben Stratton wasn't playing in 08, was he? He wouldn't no. have been part of, like, no. that that horrible incident where Clarko put three guys on Brendan Favola to stop him from kicking his hundreds. <laughs> no, Strats was not part of that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was at that game. It was glorious. Um, it was, it's just I mean, looking back on it 12 years later, that's actually a dog move, and that, that, was, that was pretty petty. So, and it would have been the first time in history that two players have kicked their 100th goal in the same game. Exactly. If Clarko was the umpire yesterday, he would have called that not 15 and not let Stratton take the kick. <laughs> no, Clarko would have put five blokes on Ben Stratton at full ball. <laughs> <laughs> it's not him getting near the ball. Stewie Jew was part of that 2008 team. He should have done that. Stewie Jew was. And, in fact, I can tell you that when Buddy Franklin kicked his 100th goal, Stewie Jew was on the bench. And the reason I know that is because myself, Dave Hughes and Mick Malloy ran onto the ground to congratulate Buddy Franklin along with about 5,000 other people. We didn't get near near him, so we just kind of wandered around for a while. Then when we walked off, we were sitting right behind the Hawthorne bench and me, Malloy and Hughesy were walking towards the bench and I still remember as clear as day, 
Stewie Jew looking at the three of us, shaking his head and going, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) He was just annoyed you didn't get him a sausage roll and bring it over. (laughs) Exactly. It was me, Mick, Husey and about 5,000 12-year-old kids. But good on the Hawks. Good finish to the season and and just a great way to send off two superstars of the footy club. Should we now tell – is there any other news at all? Uh, well, I can now probably reveal uh, the the outcome of a bet that I made last weekend, you two. So I don't bet, as you will both know, because I feel like I'm an unlucky person and also I don't have very much money, so why would I give any away for frivolous reasons? Anyway, so – On last Thursday night, just before the Cats and the Tigers were going to play on the Friday night, as everybody knows, my husband barracks for the Cats, I barracks for the Tigers. I said in bed, why don't we make a wager on tomorrow night's game and our unborn child uh, gets to go for whoever wins. Now, that is... Tess, you're bearing the lead there. Your unborn child. That's kind of the news I was I was getting to first. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, having a baby. Exciting. Yeah. Oh, a beautiful little hawk is on the way. Congratulations, Tess. Yeah, and you ever get to meet this child, I'm in serious strife. It's like outnumbered. But I, yeah, I really did regret my decision all of Friday. I was so panicked and I was like, why did I do that? Like, I really want this child to go for Richmond, but I had to do it in fair terms. Like, I felt like it was the fairest option uh, to kind of try and get the child to be Richmond and Geelong were playing so well so then I was just completely thrilled when we smashed the cats um, last Friday night because now I no take faxes it's definitely a tiger for life and I will (laughs) note that the lovely president Peggy texted me congratulations and how thrilled she was that, that it was a tiger and I did have to think well when you know Brian Cook or whatever Text Sam, and then maybe you can have them, but you can't have the child um, because the children are all invested. It's a tiny tiger cub, and it's happening. And what are you going to name this child, uh, Tess? Have you have you worked it out already? Is it a, a Richmond related name? Because you know your favourite players, uh, probably you know Dusty Martin or, or Dylan Grimes. What about what about combining those to like uh, Dilston? <laughs> what about Dusty Grimes? Dusty. <laughs> That could work. Yeah. Or the kid will go for Richmond, but you give him a uh, a Geelong name for for your husband. So, like, you know, Grian is a great name. Or to celebrate Gary Rowan. I know he's one of your husband's favourite players. Groen. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I like that. Which is what it will be. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) So, or, you know, uh, KB. Just KB. Oh, that works. Oh, it's both for Kevin Bartlett and Katie Brennan. Yeah, or oh, Katie there Brennan. we go. Double. What, don't name it after Katie Brennan, Tess, because what it'll do is it'll actually leave your womb and just go to one of your rivals' uteruses and just betray your betray its home. <laughs> take up, take up accommodation in another womb, yeah. which would be much. Yeah. But straight away, it would be the leader of that womb, and so <laughs> yeah, I'd have to be proud. Well, good for you. I'm how, how, how is your pregnancy going? Is is the baby in in your in your ovarian leadership group? No, the baby is on my bad side. Uh, for a long period of time, I thought, what on earth? 
how do people do this? Anywho, it's also a pandemic, so it's like probably a little bit of other stress-related things. But now I'm feeling quite good, and it is working its way up the ranks. And so, it's- <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. After a tough pre-season, it's looking like it could deliver. That's right. We were we were only just going at the start, and now we're really get hitting our straps in September, which is what the Tigers like to do. So, it's all- oh, yeah. and when's it due? March at the start. It's actually due pretty much at the start of next season's men's season. Wow! Uh, so for the traditional round one Richmond Carlton clash, really- maybe you'll be you'll have such pregnant brain. Maybe you'll make a bet with uh, with someone like Dave Hughes uh, about you know, and you'll have to end up calling it Petresky Seaton or something. <laughs> oh yes, Jacob Wietering Armstrong. <laughs> or- no more bets. Stick with the Richmond. What about Kane, Kane Petter for Armstrong? I think that works for me. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't urinate out the front of the nightclub <laughs> or something like that. Maybe, at least. It shouldn't be out and about. Um, yes, it, I'm a real risk for round one, guys. I may not make it. Hey, what about Tess, kill two birds with one stone? Yeah. Uh, Leon Cameron, played for the Bulldogs, of course. Yeah, for many and the years. Tigers. Then he played for the Tigers. Robert, to get Danny happy and go with uh, Leon Cameron Armstrong. But he'd have to, would, but then it would be a GWS baby. Well, I'm uh, keep them happy as well. Okay, well, that's true. Um, who's played for the most clubs? Who can I, who can I be the biggest diplomat for? Has been the most associated. Oh, yeah, that's a good club. call. So mm. didn't we find someone recently who played for four clubs? Mm, who was that? Maybe uh, I, know, I know Keegan Brooksby, uh, who debuted for Hawthorne this year, had been at the West Coast Eagles and GWS and Hawthorne, and he may have been at a fourth club, actually. I might yeah, we're that journey, journeyman. Yeah, okay. Um, look, oh, Keegan, no, no. Uh, but I will have to look at who's been at the most clubs, see who, therefore, I could get kind of like a name equivalent father, son or daughter, daughter name. Um, so that they could go and play for that team. Well, who's in your, your your family are all Saints supporters. Yeah. You're married to a cat. You've got you've got rich. Your Richmond. You have co-hosts here, a Hawthorne and Bulldog. So you know, prioritize those clubs. <laughs> Find someone who's played for the most of them, <clears throat> and we yeah. should be able to. I mean, I mean, if you just call it Jack, I mean, that's covered half of St Kilda's list. <laughs> Yeah, true. Most of the AFL and the history of Richmond, and so you know. Just call it Jack Bailey, and then you've got all of St Kilda, all of the Bulldogs. <laughs> That's true, and AFLW as well. So that could work out quite well. But there we go. I, I feel like my biggest risk is that I don't um, really care what my child grows up to do, but I feel like I'm a real risk of being like a footy stage mum. You know, where I want the child to play football so much, but then I'm going to have to play it cool and be like, football's fine, whatever. You know, and then try and reverse psychology in it to being a star. Yeah, Tess, it's it's yeah. very. I can tell you from experience, it's very hard to act nonchalant at your kid's first Oz kick. <laughs> yeah. oh, Just yeah. trying not to like go because I've seen I've seen like some kids having full tantrums and the dad's like, "Please let me just 
I want to do this with you. I want to come here every Saturday. Oh, God. Yes. I'm just being all casual. And I was, my first Auskick, uh, I was being very nonchalant. Yeah, this is just a thing we're doing. Yeah, you don't have to do it, whatever, whatever. And then they played a little practice match at the end and he kicked a goal and I seriously screamed so loud the entire Oval looked at me. <laughs> right. right I, look, I look forward to that day. Oh, it's going to be- well, yours will be next year, Lemo. Next Little, year. You've yeah. just got to be five. So, oh, this is exciting. I, I really can't wait, yeah. Bring that on. I'm still a while away from that. Hard to do drills when it's still inside, hiccuping and sucking it down, but um, working on it. Working on some real pre-season drills when it's still in there. So we'll see. Just put some training cones on your belly and see if it, like, goes in between. <laughs> See if it can kick off. Put a ball on my belly and see if it can kick it off. On just- oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you do have some name suggestions, yeah, uh, yeah. the test, please send them through. I'm open, ready. I'm, I'm oh, actually, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna upgrade this, uh, guys. I think um, we're getting a lot of people in the Patreons, but we need more levels. Uh, and I think if anyone is willing to donate, uh, what should we do? One thousand dollars. You can name Tessa's child. No, it's not enough. Sorry. <laughs> how, mu- how, how much? Like there is a figure you'll accept. <laughs> you can name it, but I don't necessarily have to also name it that. You can <laughs> call it whatever you want. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what we'll call it forever. Yes. Oh, you- now we're talking. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's funny. You can call but it. Still $1,000. Yeah. We're not just, hey, you, you, come on, we, got, we all got kids to feed now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's what its name shall be in the pod world oh Lima! hey Lima! do you, how, how annoying is tess gonna be now just like before she talks about any game she'll just say as a mum and we have to <laughs> listen <laughs> i can't wait as a working mum <laughs> i was outraged at the free kicks <laughs> yeah i can't wait to put that out at the moment it's, i've got nothing i've got nothing so bring it on as a as the as the owner of a dog you know it doesn't have to- <laughs> person in the world, you know, this vibe. It doesn't really have the same bring to it. So, yeah, bring it on. Hopefully no more stressful games at all, and particularly uh, round one. Well, I think, uh, yeah, against Carl. No, I don't think, I don't think that's going to be stressful at all. <laughs> if I think it'll be absolutely fine. And thankfully your AFLW team are so terrible that there'll just be no chance of them winning, so you'll be nice and zen. <laughs> Well, the new year's a new new year, new us. Who knows what happens in 2021? Um, well, guys, so we work our way through the games from the weekend. Eagle, Thursday night, Oof. Eagles beat North Melbourne. I mean, I've got to be honest with you, I watched this for about a quarter. It was a bad well done. I just went, oh, God, I just can't do this. It was such an ugly game that they then sacked 11 players and put one up. <laughs> Their best forwards up. I was like, good props. I mean, that talk about talk about an overreaction. <laughs> I I especially thought of it yesterday when Clarko said, "There's at this stage, there's been no clarification on list sizes." So he said, "We're not going to make any decisions on our list until we know what the list sizes are." And when he said that, I went, "Oh yeah, good point." Fuck, what's happening in North Melbourne? <laughs> it's they're going. Oh, we really should have waited. And so they clarified the list sizes. Well, I don't think the list sizes are going to be bigger, so they're not going to say, actually, you now need 100 players. 
true. I uh, just yeah. don't understand. Like they've only got five. Having it, they only got five picks or something like that. And also, um, the notorious war chest, I suppose, is unopened. But to then feel eleven spots, like what? Who's who's going to play for that? T- I just don't understand. It just seems so dramatic. And people like Mason Wood and Marley Williams, I've always been like, well, I thought they would be at least trade bait, like that you. Yeah. Um, and Ben Brown, I mean, he kicked sixty goals for you last year. Like, I know he had a not great year on the field, but there was also a fair bit else going on. It's kind of like, what's your plan? It was very weird. I was talking to a mate uh, last night after the Bulldogs game, just going through it, and I'd had a few beers, and uh, we started talking about, oh, wouldn't it be great if Ben Brown came to the Bulldogs and or Mad Jack Dore is all very exciting, and then we were talking about where where would they would actually go because this was all pipe dream, and then in my drunken brain, I said, oh, do you know where Ben Brown should go? North Melbourne, because they've got all that opening. Oh, crap. <laughs> you know where he seems like he fits in? I don't know. I mean, both of your teams need you know, a big full forward. So potentially that could work out quite well. Um, hey, we've got Josh Bruce, and as soon as he learns how to actually hold a mark, he's going to be very good. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Stand down me. But anyway, I just thought that was quite – it was just the most dramatic delisting day I've seen in, since North Melbourne got rid of all of their legends of their clubs and, and Boomer before his time. But they just um, – Good on them for, like, deciding that they're going to completely change and take a stand and be a new club, and we'll just – it'll be intriguing. You're right. They, for a team called the Kangaroos, they love a cull. <laughs> <laughs> they really do love a cull. Uh, and the West Coast Eagles, well, it looks like uh, they are going to host uh, Collingwood in the first week of the finals, provided Collingwood lose tonight. Yeah. Otherwise, they get the dogs. Um so sorry, Danny. Uh, you probably would. Danny, would you rather be playing? Would you rather the Saints what? in Queensland or the Eagles in? Yeah, this was a conversation that was had uh, a lot last night. The Saints have got the wood on us. They really they beat us even in fifteen sixteen when we were in our best form. They they always beat us. Um, I I I put this to Tom Boyd, and he said uh, he'd rather the Dogs play the Saints, just because even though they have beat us, it's more just uh, form on the day, so we've got more chance there. Whereas uh, we have not beaten West Coast uh, in—I mean, we beat them at Subiaco uh, in in 2016, famously. But apart from that, that that was an anomaly. We we're terrible in Perth, so would rather the Saints. Although I'd rather I had a good a good idea put to me by uh, Aaron Gox, a St Kilda fan. Uh, who lives in Ballarat? Why? Why? The regional Victoria has no cases. Play if it's the Saints versus the Dogs. Play it at, at Ballarat. Well, uh, so yes. But yes. why would you leave a hub? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Ask Harley Bunnell. Why would you leave a hub? <laughs> Harley Bunnell. God. All right. We'll get. We'll get to Harley Bunnell shortly. Uh, anyway, but yes, the Eagles uh, are going to get a home final. They are going to get Josh Kennedy back. I think, and they're they're kind of just like a quiet. Achiever, I feel like they're quite a risk for all sleeping giants. Yeah, although I feel like once they get to Queensland, they'll fall apart. So I think they'll win their first final, whoever it's against, and then they'll go up to Queensland and just lose. Yeah, Yeah, they're the opposite of Richmond. They're terrible in Queensland. Yeah, what they do. Hey, what about uh, Friday night? The Saints. This people were calling it an elimination final. Um, The Saints twelve ten GWS. Three goals, twelve. I mean, are you Ugh. kidding me? Ugh. It was it was almost comedic 
how much they could keep missing. I I, I was a bit disappointed that the uh, Channel 7 fan wall didn't have any Demon supporters in there. Yeah, missed opportunity. And yesterday as well when Freo were playing the dogs. But it was um, I just trying to be so, so, so flat. They just need to go away and have a workout. I know on the tally they were talking about how much they have just a lot of the same player, you know, in the yeah. in the midfield, and they really need to bolster the other areas of the ground. But like, if Jeremy Cameron gets back into form, I feel like they're fine. And Phil Davis comes back into the team. Like, you know, they have had injuries to like the other players that aren't in the midfield. So maybe who knows? But they'll flood as attack, and the Saints looked awesome. The Saints are looking good. I'm loving the Saints. Loving it. It's so good. I'm loving. You know, and I'm because I've got to bring it back to Hawthorne somehow. I'm loving that it's uh, Brett Ratt and Jared Roughhead led recovery uh, by the <laughs> with uh, with Bradley Hill. So I think the three of them have turned it around for St Kilda. Well, yeah, good good on you for turning everyone off the Saints. They were the feel good story. <laughs> things, and now, now everyone. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> really hope they get their ass kicked. Um... <laughs> How good was it though after the game when Brett Ratton was just genuinely stoked and he was in the they were in the rooms kind of doing the song and they had all the staff in. And Brett Ratton was like screaming out all the extra bits in the song. Like he's loving this so much and it was just delightful. Like they took, because they were so flat the last couple of weeks, I really feel like it was super important for them and that maybe they did what Danny said they were going to do, go down a bit and then they're rising again. And then bounce, yeah. Yeah, now they're looking all right. And GWS, well, they've handed the Crows Five, oh, six, seven, eight. Uh, draft pick number nine. Oh, good because they swapped out their their first pick last year, and it's going to. So the crows could end up with three picks in the top ten. Mm. And they ended the year with quite in quite good. And oh. yes, what's the opposite of the depressometer? Because we should we got to give that to the crows. Well, the, the, uh, op, op, optimistometer. The optimizer. The optimizer. So I was thinking to. <laughs> Did GWS get the depressometer? I mean, they were in the grand final last year where they also only kicked three goals, just to remember. And then they come back and they're completely flat all year and never quite get there. They drop their captain in his first year and then they come back and they could make the finals, but they just can't get it together. And now their team is going to be, you know, torn apart again yeah. in the playground. Do they get the depressometer? We get, it's either them, Demons, or or Carlton that get it. So, I, I don't know. You can all share it. Right. We'll decide it. Sure. We'll decide it. Yeah. Break it up. Oh, Essendon. Essendon get it. They're, they're terrible. Oh, God. There's so yeah. many bad teams. I can't I can't keep up with them all. Essendon are terrible. Not Melbourne. Yeah. There's a few about. people queuing up for it. Well, let's move on. In fact, Essendon played Melbourne. Talk about it. If the depressometer was going to go to a game... <laughs> This would be it. As Melbourne fans, Melbourne have just missed the eight. Essendon were terrible all year. Melbourne, they at least gave themselves a chance within the context of this round. Yes. To um, make the eight. But, God, having to rely on um, Again. Fremantle to beat the Bulldogs. Yeah. It's like, guys, you already did this. I think Titus tweeted, like, find a new way to depress me. <laughs> Titus texted me after the dogs won and said, thank you for sparing me from more pain. <laughs> but Essendon are more depressed there because they were just so bad, so bad. Did you guys see, I think it was in the second quarter, mm. Mitch Brown, Demons player, who used to play for Essendon, he literally fell over. He slipped 
fell over and still outmarked his opponent whilst on his knees. <laughs> in real real strife but i did love i mean jordan really he's like 10 years old and he won their best in ferris last night i was like what is happening anyway good for him that's very exciting i think the other two was like albert thurgood like the oldie worldy one and someone else some other great um and so maybe they've got some green shoots as brennan bolton would say but also i i did think it was extremely wholesome when John Walsall just stood there and shook everyone's hand and everyone hugged him as they came off the ground because I did think, well, yeah, not that long ago their club was like they weren't allowed to play in the final. They got kicked out of the finals and they lost all their draft picks and they had to rebuild their whole club. Not the whole club, not a lot of the senior, senior, senior people. They're still there. But he did come in and do a good job of being like a steady person in their life and now they can try and become a new team. And I felt like the players actually liked him. Often what? you can't quite tell, but I felt like they... That was you know. nice. Well, of course they liked him. He left them alone. <laughs> <laughs> they they introduced themselves and then... <laughs> that, that handshake Ooh, was the first time they'd met. That was them shaking his hand. Oh, good day. Yeah, right. Oh. oh, okay. What a great boss. <laughs> good on you. Hey, now, has there been a Sack Simon Goodwin article yet in the last 24 hours? Surely one of those has popped up. Not yet, but my text message groups with Melbourne fans have been saying Zach Goodwin for a long time. And so, oh, right, okay. Who knows? I mean, I, they did have it. It was a bad Saturday, right? Like you win, but you still don't get really get to play finals because you've stuffed it up before. There was a quarantine breach of one of the young, you know, bright stars that just can't quite get it right and he's sent home and your club's fined. There's inappropriate bottom touching again. And, um, yeah, and you, you end the season exactly as... <laughs> You started it's kind of irrelevant. Well, I don't want to be the Sam Newman of the group, but when is when when can you touch someone's ass? Can we, when is appropriate bottom touching time? That's, I just I just want to know bum. when it's allowed. Get, get, tell me the window. A slap on the bum is so different from a like fingering. It is. Yeah, but, but have you seen their bum? They've, they've got good. They've got good asses, Tess. Sometimes you just want to appreciate it. Well, then you I can think... go out with one and then do it in the bedroom. That's it. Like. Okay, what about this, guys? Let's say two Melbourne players are at training and let's say uh, Jaden Hunt, he was one, wasn't he? Yeah, he says to Christian Petraka, hey, uh, mate, I wouldn't mind uh, grabbing your ass during a three-quarter time huddle when Goody's given us a rev up because sometimes I feel like doing that, but I don't because I've never had your consent. And then Christian Petraka says, no worries, mate, I'd love you to grab my ass uh, during the huddle. That'd be awesome. So is that enough, Tess, or yeah. is it just still a bad look? No, of course. Of course that's enough. That's enough? All right. Does Petrarca then have to hold up a sign during the three-quarter time huddle saying, I consent to this? No, but I feel like the captain wouldn't have come out and said that's a terrible look and we're never going to, we've been, you know, we've been brought shame onto the club or whatever he said. But um, I feel like if there was anything, they would have said, everyone was in on it, it was a private joke, probably should have not put it on the field or whatever, whereas I feel like uh, it, who knows? I mean, people were like, it's different from Marvio because they had consent. I'm like, I didn't know that they had consent. <laughs> there was no sign. Anyway, I just it just makes me laugh because, like, you do, how have they, why is it just this year that it is happening so prevalent? Whereas yeah. I'm like, why don't they just touch each other up in private, you know? Uh, 2020's just getting weirder and weirder, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe this is uh, this is part of that, but hey, um, 
I hope they're enjoying Mad Monday, Essendon and Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and they, they showed Melbourne watching the Dogs Frio game in their hub. They had cameras in there uh, watching it, and they were all just eating. And I was, and I was just going. So, at what point do they bring out beers? Yeah, then. same thing. I about halfway through the last quarter. Yeah. Okay. But even if even if they did get through, you could have a couple of beers. You got a you got a you know you got the bye week. Oh, spoken by someone who's clearly not a professional athlete. Imagine oh. the imagine the footy media, de- Danny. If- even if they you lost and they showed Melbourne getting on the beers like to start, like they would just be torn apart. They would go, oh, it was outrageous, you know. Yeah, fair enough. All yeah. right, totally. fair enough. Totally. Maybe they were um, doing that thing that you used to do in high school, or when you'd go out underage and you would have a water bottle full with filled with vodka. So maybe they had um, drinks in their drink cups, but it looked like well, it's Melbourne, so they're probably martinis. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> martinis, but you pretend that it's a mocktail. It's classic. Uh, very nice. Well, let's uh, let's head to Adelaide uh, Oval on Saturday yeah. afternoon. A danger game, some of us thought, for the Tigers. Well, Danny, I didn't think it would be possible for Richmond to further establish their unbackable favouritism <laughs> for the flag. But they did it um, on the weekend. I don't know. It's a bit like watching Richmond play all the other teams in the AFL. It's like it's like men against boys. It's like they're just playing a different sport. How, I mean, it, you know, if right now, if Gil McLaughlin turned around and said, look, we can play the finals, but it's, it's expensive and it's difficult with coronavirus, can we just call Richmond the premiers now? I get the feeling that everyone would just say, yeah, well, yeah, because they're as if it's not them. <laughs> this is good, good trolling. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to work out what, because I always say, yeah, engrave the cup. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, let's just, yeah, engrave the cup. Let's have the uh, the embarrassing incident already of on from grand final night, be it, uh, you know, uh, a nude photo leaked without consent or some, some groping. Let's just get that. Let's just do it all now. Yeah, get it done. We've already done it. Two of our players were at a strip club. That's fine. Uh, getting into a fight. Oh, Tess, come on! You're going to up the ante. No. You got to. You got to go full on. I think like the the entire club uh, has to do a nudie run down Cavill Avenue, and I'm talking not just the club. I'm talking all the administrators. I'm talking Petty Peggy. I'm talking Brendan Gale. Everyone just doing the naked mile, stealing kebabs off other people and whacking them with it. rules. <laughs> So you eat people's kebabs. It's great. Tess, did you get the feeling from the energy with which Danny presented that that he's perhaps done that before? I know. This game, you know, you sound like an expert. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> Look, some of us just have a European attitude towards nudity that has really been put to the test by lockdown during winter. Yeah. And I'm just wanting to live vicariously through, uh, through the Richmond administrators' lives. But, Danny, none of the rest of us, have a top three times for the Cavill Avenue Naked Mile. Uh, <laughs> well, it's because you're not tra- practising hard enough. <laughs> yeah. After one and two, I thought, I've done this. I need to do something else. I need to do a different <laughs> avenue. Uh, now, I was very happy. I'm not engaging in any of that, but Shane Edwards getting him back into the team was awesome. He looked like he'd never left, and it was a, like similarly with David Asprey. That was delightful. And I never, ever, ever thought that we would be in, this, be in a situation where we have players that, like, I don't know how they fit into the team. That has never really been a problem for us because even in 2017 it was like, 
you know, a cool group of people and it seemed like that in 2019. But this year I'm like, well, Jake Hartz is so good. I feel like he should get to play and Shay Bolton should come back in and Dion Precio should come back in and that could be a danger, guys, because, you know, whole new makeup all the time. Um, but, yeah, I was very happy with it all. I thought we did things that we haven't done before, which was like some aggression that wasn't just like completely disproportionate like Tom Lynch. Um, so, you know, when he gets super cross about stuff that hasn't really happened, whereas I feel like we played um, quite well and that uh, Toby Nankovic went bit far, but it was fine and Nick Boston stood up for our players against Tex Walker, so that was cool. And I liked seeing Adelaide. Like I feel like they played pretty well. I know that we won by a lot, but I didn't think that they were totally terrible and Tex kicking the you know, record goals was really fun and a standing ovation and what a random thing to celebrate, but that's what your team yeah. do when your team is not going super well. And Riley O'Brien was awesome, so I feel like they're all right. They're going all right. And I was just I was just happy that we didn't lose in Adelaide because um, we didn't support. Yes. I want Eagles to win so badly, so badly tonight. No, Port to win so badly tonight so that I don't have to play in Adelaide uh, for the first week of finals and so that we get to stay in our heartland. <laughs> Queensland yeah, yeah. Uh, and play the Lions. Bring that on. Hey, Tess, yeah. where, did, where did Jake Arts come from? Because he's a deeply annoying first-year player. Well, he's been playing in the VFL and he was awesome in that as well um, for quite a long time. But I feel like he is a like-for-like like with Dan Butler, which we get a lot of flack for Dan Butler not being in our yeah. team anymore and playing so well. St Kilda, but Dan Butler wasn't really playing like that for us, whereas Jake Hartz has been playing like that um, in the VFL side and he was totally delightful. We got him as a rookie in 2018 from the country and so I just kind of think he's a total utter legend. He's from Beaconsfield, so, you know, not Beaconsfield. I call call him annoying because... I didn't pick him up in my super coach team, and a lot of people don't know. Oh, yeah. He scored very well. And he's uh, good at doing all of the things at the moment, which, um, like, he plays off the ball. He's kind of tackles and he tries really hard and he kicks freaky goals and he kicks set shot goals. And so he's just a total delight. Um, and this year has been fun like that. There's been some other ones, that, like Noah Bolter and all these randos that have come in from the VFL because they've had to and they've done really well. So Jake Arts plays with the arrogance of first name on the team sheet, which he would have had his whole life just for alphabetical reasons. <laughs> totally. He would have been let out at play lunch way way earlier than everyone else, every time. Yeah. Kind of Roll call, it's just Jake. Yep, yeah. bang, it's there. Great, great name for a comedian. You'd be right at the start of the comedy festival guide. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, people only look at the first page of the comedy festival guide. <laughs> <laughs> hey, also, do you know this is a bit of a, a history thing? That's the Adelaide Crows, the first ever South Australian side to get an AFL wooden spoon. Oh, well done <laughs> for the Crows. Oh, congratulations. But still uh, not in the depressometer. What a wild ride. Yeah, it's yeah. a wacky year. Um, wacky, wacky. And I felt compelled to look at the origins of wooden spoon. Have, oh. you, have you guys looked into this before? No. No. Well, it goes back to Cambridge University where, as a joke for people who came bottom of the class in academia, they would get give them a wooden spoon. But they think, but prior to that, they think the origins are if you were a rower 
and you came last in rowing or your team came last, they would be presented with an oar where one end of it was a proper oar and they shaped the other end like a spoon ah. to suggest that you're a bad rower. <laughs> um, and that was became a, that, that was the wooden spoon. Oh, that's funny. Why do yeah. we end up with it, though? It shouldn't be like a um, cork hat or something like that. <laughs> well, my only the only wooden spoon references in my life are my mum threatening to take it out of the second drawer and belt me with it. Oh, I'm yeah. I myself. Absolutely terrifying, which actually makes sense because finishing on bottom of the ladder is also terrifying because I feel like, you know, they all, all matches up in the bar. Yeah. Although the threat of the wooden spoon didn't make the crows behave this year. Oh, that's true. Well, it did it towards the end. They went, oh, no, Matthew Nix is reaching for the bottom drawer. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, that should actually be punishment. If you come last, uh, you, you, the coach has to spank every single player <laughs> in the middle of the ground after the, after the final siren. With, with, a, with a wooden spoon. With a wooden spoon, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. This is, um, imagine that. that. Fox footy at the moment would do that as a knight. That would be like paddling, especially like. Oh. Yeah, and then they show like they, they could like it'd be like the reverse Brownlow, and they reveal who played worst, the worst in each game, and then they show all the howlers oh. up on the screen in a yeah. montage, and then they come up and they go, "So where do you think you went wrong?" and and then yeah. bang, that- and then whack with a giant wooden spoon. Yeah, I love it. I was it. so um the other day I was watching the footy and they were like advertising how they're doing their trio of MVP, AFL, PA, MVP and Rising Star and some other thing, all on the same night, amazing night of awards. And I was like, as if, and then I know I will watch it. Writing <laughs> 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 it in my diary to watch it because what else am I going to do? I was like, great. Um, but also being like, as if, and then I'll definitely watch it. <laughs> what is Stockholm Syndrome, 2020? Uh, well, plenty of us have got that. I think, uh, hey, let's go into the Cade Simpsons farewell. The Carlton Football yeah. game number 395,000, whatever it was, is now, I think, top four at um, Carlton, along with Craig Bradley, Bruce Dool, and who's the other one? Silvani. Uh, and uh, and Soss, yes. Uh, so well done, Cade Simpson. And very accurate from the Blues, 10 goals won. Well done them. <laughs> yeah. It was, Kate Simpson still looks 12, though. Yeah, like, and I right. think that's actually Carlton's problem. They have way too many baby-faced players. Like, even, like, Matty Cruiser still – I know he, he he announced his retirement. He still looks, like, five years old. There's no actual grown-ups at Carlton, and I think that's the issue. Even – you know what? Even Mark Murphy still looks like – you could put a school uniform on him and it would look yeah. perfectly fine. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Is he you need, they need beards, and I'm talking proper Daniel Rich-style beards, not this trimmed, crisp, minty stuff. Yeah, or a Charlie Dixon or something, just a big, strong beard. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Is Mark Murphy playing on? He's playing on one uh, again, isn't he? I can't believe you've just tried to retire Mark Murphy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's been playing forever. Well, I thought because he and uh, Gibbs were oh, – no, he and – um. Simpson chaired off Gibbs because they've all played together and the other two are finishing up. I'm like, Mark Murphy still, I know he still plays much, you know, like he's got some love to give. And similarly with Eddie, but I just, I want some confirmation. Like this is what gets me through. I suppose we've got to save it for buy rounds. There's nothing to talk about for a week, but (laughs) 
And I do, I, you know how much I love a long jumper and so I'm really sad to see the end of Kate Simpson but he's leaving a legacy because the Carlton have a lot of long jumper wearers and they all look divine. So um, thank you, Kate Simpson, for that. And they played on the telly songs from 2003 in honour of, you know, his first season. And it was oh, like, no. Wow. <laughs> Like oh my god! So what got to play? What was two thousand three? That's well, like uh, Beyonce, Crazy in Love. It was crazy in Love. It was Britney and Madonna's Me Against the Music. Remember when they did that thing and then they kissed at that nope. ceremony? And nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe that that happened. Uh, it was a serious moment in time. And then what else did we have? We had a bit of um, I can't remember. Got to remember the rest of them. But it was a real flashback and. Did they show any movies from 2003? That was uh, when uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King was on. I think uh, best picture was Chicago. Fitting in Lord of the Rings. Well, I, I before I went, my backup job career was I managed video shops. Uh, so comedy really has to work out for me because I got nothing to fall back on. That industry is dead. Uh, but whenever you scanned a DVD, um, it, the title and the year came up with it. So I've got a bit of an X-Men power of I can always tell you what year movies were released. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, that's... <laughs> it's coming very handy during the apocalypse. You've got to try and monetize that somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make yourself available for parties, Danny. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the Lions were good and they seemed they were playing some fun footy, but they still kicked 11 goals, 12 behinds. They've got to sort it out. They really do. The goal kicking <laughs> bloody woeful. And it looks like they'll be playing, provided Port win tonight, you lot, Tess. How's your record against the Lions at the Gabba? Impeccable. <laughs> very, very good. Um, yeah. But, you know, anything can happen. They've also played us there th- like the last two times. I know we've won both times, but it doesn't mean that they haven't taken away how we play at the Gabba against them and they could coach around it. So, it's locked in. They're going to thump them. It's all over. Brisbane Lions might as well have Mad Monday today. It's all over yeah. for them. They're playing Richmond. I it's it's locked in. They'd really not want to come up against Richmond first. I thought, well, they're going to have to play us at some stage. So, like, they're going to have to probably play us at the Gabba. Even if they made it all the way through and we made it all the way through, we would play in the grand final at the Gabba. So wouldn't you want to play us next week and get it over and done with when you've got a double chance? And then, you know, what are thoughts? How's the confidence of your just definitely getting to the grand final? How exactly. You have changed. This baby has changed you, Tess Armstrong. Unbelievable. Uh, good on hey, you. Did you see um, uh, Teague spray at halftime? No. Oh, that was awesome. He, he seriously started screaming at him, and Channel 7 had the mic up, so we heard the start of it, and then they turned it down. I know. And I was like, what are you doing, Seven? This is way more interesting than the actual game. This is. I was so annoyed. I flicked over to, to Seven Mate, and they were showing uh, Murder on the Orient Express from 2017. That's right. I can. I got that X Men power. Yeah. Um, but do you know what's really cool about Channel Seven? I mean, they they stuffed that up. That was a horrible mistake. But I was. I got a bit uh, caught up with uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Kenneth Branagh doing some amazing acting. Oh. Johnny Depp not being that annoying. It was really fun to watch. But then a massive uh, super came up on the screen that said. Half time over, switch back now. Whoa, really? And I was like, thank you. And I did. And yeah, saw the, 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 the bounce. Oh my God. Can I please just, can we divert for like five seconds while we talk about that Murder on the Orange Express? Because people probably don't know, but like, I'm a big, I could run like an Agatha Christie fan club. Like, I've read every single Agatha book, watched all of the shows, 
David Suchet is the only borough and I don't want to hear another word about it. Kenneth Branagh deciding to make remake the movies. I'm happy for more Agathas to be made, but he decided, oh, I'll remake the movies and I'll make myself Hercule Poirot. I never fucking clearly read the books because he doesn't know <laughs> Poirot at all. Right, so the number, the first scene in um, Orient Express in 2017, I yelled out loud in the cinema because I'm like that, but it's Poirot standing on the, like, hull of a boat, like, looking out at the world. I'm like, Poirot, Poirot hates the water. He doesn't like being on boats, like, Oh, really? He hates the water. The only reason he wants to be on the Orient Express is because it's like a big ship and so he's okay with being on it, but he hates tiny little boats because it makes him feel seasick. So he would never be standing on the hull. Also, Poirot's whole thing is he absorbs all the information then goes away to a room, sits down, and, like, his grey sales work and he works out the murder. Kenneth Branagh in that movie is, like, running up and down the train. I'm like, what the fuck? What's happening here? Why would he be chasing the baddie up and down a train? It's like... That old man, he's just in the room talking about what everyone's done anyway. So I'm glad you watched it because I still did find it super enjoyable and he's making now Death on the Nile, which will be another Poirot. But but he hates the water. He shouldn't be on Death on the Nile. Agatha Christie, get your story straight. It's a proper boat, like a ship where you can sleep, and so I think he likes it. Oh, so he's a big fan of cruise ships. So he'd he'd love a bit of P&O. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. Completely outrageous, but as an aside, I'm very impressed that it had that super. It's very handy. Let's really present Tess with a giant dilemma. Hey, you know, Tess, Kenneth Branagh barracks for Richmond. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you know, Kenneth Branagh cheated on Emma Thompson and like left her for another person. And so I've just. Oh, were they together? I didn't even know that. Yeah, I think it was for Helena Carter or someone. Anyway, someone equally famous. But anyway, that's enough. How much does Tess, if you ever wanted to know, you know, Tess's bona fides for working at the ABC, the fact that she yelled out in an Agatha Christie movie in the cinema. <laughs> Do you know the the last time I yelled out in the cinema was, um, have you seen Ocean's 12, the terrible sequel to Ocean's 11, where... Um, uh, it, it, it starts all a lot of fun, but then um, the one of the ideas they have is that Julia Roberts' character, whose name is Tess, I know. actually, oh, yeah. Tess, and they go, "Have you noticed that Tess looks like Julia Roberts?" And then they have the like, and it just doesn't make sense because also, you know, hey, Danny Ocean looks like George Clooney. Oh no. And the, they, that guy looks like Brad Pitt and that guy looks like... But, yeah, seriously, when they said, hey, have you noticed Tess looks like Julia Roberts? I yelled out in the cinema, that's fucking weak. <laughs> <laughs> it's always so it, was, it was strange, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> hey, Limo, tell, tell your story about working in the cinema. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> With wine in the clock bag a few years in now. Yeah, this is, it's a good story, though. I've got to try and remember it. I got sacked because um, me and my mate both got sacked. We were working as ushers in the cinema. And the reason we got, because it gets very boring, you know, directing people to their seats. Uh, we got, But we got sacked because we used to play, one of us would choose men and the other one would choose women, and we'd play Connect Four. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you just move up one seat, please. One seat. Stop there. Stop there. <laughs> uh, good, good times. <laughs> ah, you're listening to They Came to Play with yeah. hard-hitting footy analysis. Yeah, exactly. Hey, well, let's uh, skip Hawks Suns. We've already spoken about that game. And go to uh, Sydney Swans and Geelong. This game, I... 
Sydney and Geelong, just no interest for me at all in watching this. However, Sydney, if they beat Geelong, then we would have got back pick three. And I felt like that would have been good karma. Uh, but no, this bloody Geelong hung on to win by a bloody goal. Limo, does it disturb you that Geelong are the absolute feel-good story this year? Imagine Gary Ablett going off, playing at the Gold Coast, and then he comes back and he helps his old club win a flag. What a – geez, that would be an absolute fairy tale. That Wouldn't is, it be brilliant? Hang on, hang on, Danny, I just have to get the sick taste out of my mouth <laughs> before I answer your question. <laughs> Paddy Dangerfield coming home. It's just, I love, Tom Hawkins, the farmer's lad, just winning the Coleman in, oh, gee, it would just bring a tear to the eye. It's the opposite of a feel-good story. It would bring tears to my eyes, but not for a good reason. (laughs) Uh, No, I have no interest in a Geelong premiership at all. And I just hope that Paul win tonight and then in the first week of the finals, I really hope they just smash Geelong at the Adelaide Oval. I think the Cats is a really massive conundrum and honestly it was the most stressful watching experience in this household because um, the cat was like, how on earth is <laughs> why Why are we like this? And I was like, I know. And then someone tweeted that um, if you're wondering why Geelong's playing like this, it's because it's usually preliminary final round, which made me laugh a lot. And oh, I was very like, good. Oh, maybe that is a thing. Like maybe they're psychologically having to deal with playing in September uh, much further than they have for a little while, and so they just need to like calm the farm and just deal with being in the finals, which they are. That makes sense, Tess. I I, I picked up a copy of the Geelong Advertiser uh, in the middle of last week, and I just looked at the horoscopes, and every single one of them said you're going to be terrible at your job this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will add that the Geelong Addy had an amazing omen watch, which was about whether or not when Geelong had lost. Uh, that second last game of the season, which they lost to us, they'd gone on to win the premiership or something like that in their premiership years, like in 2007, 9 and 11. I was like, wow, that is seriously clutching, but I'm very impressed by it. And it was just so, Sydney played way above their station and I was so impressed with them. But as we know, Sydney's rebuilds take no time at all. And so next year when Buddy comes back, um, when they get Joe Danaher, when when all of those players have had another year under their belt, like they'll be, They'll, they'll probably get Ben Brown as well. <laughs> They've got Joe oh, yeah. her buddy, Ben Brown. I think Josh Eddie's leaving the Eagles to go and play for them as well. And so they're just going to Ben be- Brown has to play as a rover. <laughs> they're just going to be totally fine. How long would his roving be? It would go for a long time. Anyway, um, <laughs> I might it's say. He'd be inside 50 for the centre bounce. <laughs> <laughs> I will say there is this amazing video the cats put up on the internet because at the hub all the family were watching and um, Corey Enright's daughter is like a toddler and she'd clearly found the remote and when it was like 60 seconds to go she changed the channel and everyone was like screaming in the hub like what happened and then all the older kids are trying to like wrestle the remote off this child and get it back onto the footy it's so hectic and delightful because then, of course, they only just won at the end. But it was a very funny video. You should definitely watch it. What was happening in the episode of Peppa Pig she she switched it over to? <laughs> she actually yeah. thinks she switched it over to rugby, which, you know, it is a rugby mm-hmm. So, you know, Queensland. She she's really got a, a – she's really adapted to the Queensland lifestyle and she was just checking her quaddy. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, this, this our game will never take off here. I need to check the rugby score. Uh, so, well done, Geelong in the end. But if they don't win emphatically next week, so they either play the Power or the Lions, they have to have like a big confident win, surely, to put to bed in their own heads this idea that they just don't get to play well at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, probably, but let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> but anyway, good on you, Geelong, and uh, bad luck, Sydney. They'll be uh, enjoying some Mad Monday celebrations, no doubt. Uh, Danny, your yes. game. Yes. Uh, what do you want to know? about this already? Um, no, no, we didn't. Uh, in, much, in much detail. I, um, I mean, the Dockers were just a bit disappointing, weren't they? You guys were on top really for the whole game, weren't you? Well, they no, they they had some good patches. Uh, there, there was a few people always say half of a quarter. I think we should start a term of eighth. I reckon in the third eighth of the game they were really uh, dominant. Fife was uh, in really good form. I mean, if, the, if they'd had uh, uh, Tavener and um, and Walters in, we could have been in real trouble because they sort of had they. That's two of their best players out. Um, but we were pretty dominant possession, but we're only up by two goals at three-quarter time. But I think the conditions were the main factor because everyone looked exhausted uh, even halfway through the second quarter. At the end of that third eighth, they were uh, everyone just looked absolutely buggered. <laughs> I like the eighths. Let's start talking about managing eighths. It takes yeah. ages to work out where the hell in the game it is, though. I'm not going on that. <laughs> it's, it's like going from uh, from Fahrenheit to Celsius. We've just got to work on it and everyone will get used to That's it. That's right. Yeah. Next practice. Yeah, I thought Freo played quite well and that they have they look like a whole new team. And Justin Longmuir, I really rate him. And I think Nat Fife said on the ABC last night that when they came off, he said, uh, you know, don't give yourselves a pat on the back. We shouldn't be. Ha- we can't be happy until we lift up a cup. And I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome because like, so many teams would be like, we're amazing, Carlton. We're amazing. He's <laughs> <laughs> history a bit, and he's like, no, no, you haven't changed your history, and particularly Frio, like they've never won one, so they've really got to stick it out now. And I reckon next year they'll be quite. They'll be quite good. I'm excited about them. The father-sons were really dominant. Liberatore was just doing some magic. Uh, He was so good. And Lockie Hunter was working his ass off the whole game. Those two were absolutely brilliant. Our father-sons are are really our our best players, so much so. You know, Bont is about 24, 25 now. Dude, it's time to start breeding. Um, I'm just just going to send up to to the hub just some, some oysters. Uh, maybe some uh, some. Uh, what are other aphrodisiacs? Um, uh, alcohol. Alcohol. Yep, I'll do that for him. Uh, just first season, of course. First season. And I think I think we should maybe change the marriage laws to just allow Bont to have a harem of women just for a for a Bont breeding program. <laughs> I reckon maybe in twenty years we could feel the side of twenty two Bonts. <laughs> Which is the feeling, you know, just you saying this has made me think that I'm sure this has secretly been tried at some point in the NFL. Yeah. Perhaps, you know, in Russian ice hockey or something. But got the oh, the, the New England Patriots guy, Belichick, he would have thought of this. He's getting yeah. Tom Brady, yeah. just getting a whole bunch yeah. of women for him. Tom Brady did leave his pregnant partner to go out with Giselle and breed with her. And so he maybe already did start doing that, to be honest. There we go. Oh, there we go. And happened. he's a Trump voter, so we don't like Tom Brady. <laughs> it's happened. But um, 
All right, but the Dockers can enjoy their off season now. And the doggies. Well done, Danny. Well done. A lot of a lot of pressure on Aaron Norton's face. He is getting surgery on his cheek after getting uh, a head clash in the um, in the third eighth. Um, and but to quote Jonathan Brown, uh, he doesn't run on his face. So I think Norts should be right. Yeah, he should be fine. Um, as John Kennedy Senior once said to me. He said, to play football, you don't need beautiful eyes and a pretty face. You need legs and arms and hands. <laughs> so play on. <laughs> well, you know, oh, it's, a concussion back it's, in the day. it's a pretty harsh way of him calling you ugly, Lemo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was actually referring to Peter Hudson in the 1971 grand final. No, no, you don't need a face at all. We don't need to face it all. Your arms and legs, and you'll we'll get you through. Uh, and a quick tip for tonight, team: Collingwood, Port Adelaide. Oh, I'm going. With what I want to happen, which is Port. Yeah, Port. Same. Because the actual matchup of the finals, like take Tigers out of it for a second, the actual finals matchups are much more fun and interesting if Port win. So the first, the finals will be Power versus Cats, which is a good matchup. Eagles versus Pies, which is quite a good matchup because they, you know, seemingly play quite well against one another. Saints versus Dogs, which I feel is even Stevens and quite interesting. And Lions versus Tigers, which is jungle themed and also quite fun. If Collingwood win, it's Lions Cats, which, you know, it's not as fun. One's a big cat, one's a little cat. It's not as good. Uh, Eagles Dogs, which I feel like, Danny, isn't as interesting for me. Personally, Pies versus Saints, which I feel like I'm not interested in because of the 2010-2011 grand finals when my family were heartbroken. And then uh, Power versus Tigers, which I don't want to play in. So, (laughs) Port winning because it's just better for footy. Uh, Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Port all the way. Yeah, uh, well, I'm I'm tipping Port because, yeah, I don't really want to see the dogs having to play in in Perth, even even though... uh, you know, 2016 we did do that, but uh, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather get revenge on the Saints. Uh, one of one of our uh, new uh, Patreons, uh, Rowan, he's a big Saint. He's been giving me grief, saying, "Can you stop? Um, can you stop talking about uh, how the Saints should lose? Because apparently the footy gods listen to me." There's something Rowan said, uh, which I disagree with, because there is no way if the footy gods listen to me, there is no way that your you two's teams would have won multiple premierships this decade. And your team would have won one and then gone gone off the cliff. Exactly, yeah. It's a nice Although I often feel, I reckon a genie came to me in like uh, 2014 and said, all right, take it or leave it. You, Your dogs will win a grand final and you're an active part of it on the day. You get to present them at Whitnoval the next day. Uh, but... Hawthorne win a three-peat before that and and Richmond win more premierships than you. And I would have absolutely taken it. So that's probably what happened. That's true. Well, yeah, it's interesting to go back and you, and then you're, and then you forgot that your team then doesn't win um, yeah. again, ever again. Uh, but you, yeah, what would you have taken? You would have just taken 2016. It was magic. It was, yeah. And, and to be part of it was, was good. He, the genie also didn't point out that Donald Trump would become uh, president, Brexit would happen, and <laughs> and Star Wars Episode Eight would be one of the worst films of all time. And then ter- a terrible year. A fun new pandemic era. Uh, well, that was left. Jeez, oh, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have taken that deal. Oh, well. You sorry, everyone. Wrapped it up for all of us. So thanks. Um, well, guys, we should, uh, we should leave it there for another week. We'll be back midweek. For our Patreons, hopefully with uh, Swamp and some statistics mm. uh, for the Patreons. If you do have questions, please get them through to our socials and we can put them to Swamp 
uh, on our midweek Patreon uh, edition of They Came to Play. Um, but, uh, hey, guys, enjoy finals and uh, us talkers will enjoy uh, Mad Monday. <laughs> Thank you. Go dogs. Go port tonight. <laughs> uh, and if you did enjoy the pod, don't forget to rate it and uh, and tell your friends as well. Write us a review even. Thank you.